I have to tell you, the last time I was in a Disney park with George Lucas was for the opening many moons ago of Star Tours. And I thought to myself, this is inconceivable that I could be part of a movie that would get its own ride in a Disney theme park? I mean, I better savor the moment because it'll never be surpassed. And yet, look at where we are today. We get our own land. You know, Star Wars for me has always been the gift that keeps on giving, and the reason is because of you. You've never heard of the Millennium Falcon? Should I have? It's a ship that made the Kessel Run less than 12 parsecs. Hey everyone, and welcome to Kessel Run Weekly. My name is Danny, and today I'm joined by two awesome guests, uh, Kenny and Bobby from Character Locator. The Kenny the Pirate himself and Bootstrap Bob. What's up, guys? Hey, buddy. Hey, Danny. How you doing today? Doing great. Uh, so you guys got to do something pretty exciting here recently. Uh, you got to go to Galaxy's Edge. Uh, and so we're going to talk about that today and kind of dive into some of the cool stuff you guys might have come across and everything. Uh, but first, before we get into anything, um, I know many people may not know what Character Locator is. So, uh, Kenny, if you don't mind, if you want to kind of tell us, what what is Character Locator and why do I want it? Character Locator is the best planning tool for any Walt Disney World, Disneyland, or Universal Orlando vacation that you can get. It's only about 10 bucks for an entire year. It has access to full schedules for characters, shows, all sorts of information about rides, dining, uh, tips on how to best use your fast passes. We have actual touring plans that you can use. <clears throat> so when you're visiting one of the parks, you don't have to go in blindly. Instead, you're the person who's ahead of everyone. Are you guys working to get Galaxy's Edge on there presently? Yes, we're we're implementing that information into the uh, into the site right now. As a matter of fact. Oh, sweet, <clears throat> cool. So so you get all the latest up uh, up to date information, all that kind of stuff. So it's definitely something you guys want to check out. Uh, and where can they find Character Locator? It's at www.characterlocator.com. There it is. Cool. So, so guys, I know both of you are Star Wars fans. So I wanted to start off kind of talking a little bit about your fandom. Uh, so, uh, Bobby, if you don't mind, uh, can you tell me what your earliest Star Wars memory is? Uh, that would be all the way back in 1977. That was a long time ago. That was uh, right after dirt became dirt. <laughs> and, uh, but um, there, were, there were kids at school talking about this awesome film that they went to see. And so we started, started bugging mom and dad to go see it and uh, went down this little small one theater set up down in Bessemer, Alabama. That's where we saw Jaws and, and uh, uh, a few other movies down there. But uh, and the place is still there, too. Not, not a movie theater, though. But we went down there and we saw the uh, we saw Star Wars and we were just amazed. Um, had to have the toys and I think Kenny was probably more into the the small toys than I was. I, I wanted to have the the bigger stuff, the lightsabers and all the other things like that. But um, I love the droids. You know, I've always been fascinated with droids and uh, how they work. I've always been a tinker kind of guy, so uh, so I want to know how did the droid work? How can I make one myself? And of course, finally, you think about I finally made one. Um, make sure Tinker Bob. Tinker, no, Tinker Bob. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it was uh, uh, that that was a great start to our uh, fandom, and it's just been growing ever since. We raised our kids through uh, Star Wars, and they're Star Wars fans as well. Uh, just as you know, Danny is. <laughs> and and what droid are you on now? How many how many droids? Uh well I've got BB eight, BB nine E, which can be converted to BB nine G, which is uh, a black and gold one. And I have a pink and white one, which is BB R three A, and that one's after my granddaughter Aria. And uh we're working on uh little Rex too. Yeah. He used to be the shuttle pilot for Star Tours. 
That's awesome. <laughs> That's too cool. Uh, Kenny, what about you? What's your earliest Star Wars memory? You know, I didn't remember what theater that we saw the movie in, so that was interesting that he brought that back to my mind. <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously, seeing the movie, uh, the Stormtroopers were pretty powerful to me, and Darth Vader, I was more attracted to sort of the dark side, except for Han Solo, but Han sort of played the middle role, so... I enjoyed seeing him because uh, I don't know he was kind of that weird space pimp sort of guy. That uh, and then as far as the toys go, yeah, I had I was only like I was nine, almost ten years old. So I had the X wing and the Tie fighter. You know, I had the battle scenes. I had a lot of the the collector cards, and all of that stuff is gone. And I would probably be rich if I still had it in a box somewhere, though. <laughs> you absolutely would. <laughs> and, and just for the record, I've, I've never tinkered with anything. <laughs> so you used to help me, yeah, yeah, yeah. You used to help me tinker with uh, bicycles and go-karts. <laughs> you were right there with me. You'd always blame it on me that one didn't work. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm more of a destruction person. I was the one who would stick the firecrackers in the model and then blow them into pieces. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you were more like Sid. Got it. No, well, I was definitely Sid, yeah. Sid's yard. See, that's why here in Hollywood studio, in our Hollywood studios, uh, Toy Story Land is right next to Star Wars Land. So every time I ride Slinky Dog, I always say, hey, look, guys, there's Sid's yard. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. So so n- now that we've kind of talked a little bit, well, started with Galaxy's Edge. So So you guys got to go to Disneyland in Anaheim, California. And got to be one of the first into Galaxy's Edge. And so I want to know, how did that feel going into Galaxy's Edge for the first time? Uh, Kenny, you can start. Well, we were held outside of the Winnie the Pooh area as we entered into Star Wars land. Initially, kind of had some expectation, wondering what we would see. And then they brought us up right on the outside edge near the Rise of the Resistance ride. And there's a Y-Wing fighter right there, a blue one on the right-hand side. And so you're just standing there for, I don't know, half an hour or so, looking at that, listening to sounds. And then you break out the little Play Disney app and start goofing around with that and see if you can figure out how to use it. But it's building the anticipation for you to, to actually go into the land and see what it looks like. And then when you do get to enter the land, Bobby will take you into the next scene there. Well, let's see. The next thing was a flat-out run. <laughs> we, 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 we ran. Power walk? <laughs> okay. We power-walked very fast. Um, yeah. To uh, Went straight to um, the, uh, the Millennium Falcon, Smuggler's Run. And I think we had probably a 30-minute wait through that once we got to it. Okay. And... Um, it, it was amazing just walking up on the Millennium Falcon, well, running up as we did, but you just wanted to stop and just take it in. But at the same time, you knew you wanted to go ride it before uh, the line became too long. Mm-hmm. So we got into uh, into the line, and the line is just filled full of uh, little things here and there that you, you just want to take your time and check out. Like the, um, uh, what is that game that they call, that they play uh, on uh, – um, the play Disney Parks app? No, 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 no. The, the card game that they play. Oh, Sabak. Sabak, yeah. You could see a game of Sabak where it would, where it was the, where the workers were playing, and uh, they left everything laying as they went back to work. Oh, cool. um, you go on up, you see a an R two D two type of trash can, and uh, just a lot of little details in there that it's just hard to pick out unless you just sit and study it. And then as you're going through the line see uh see them testing an engine uh and it's a very large one too um it was very very interesting for me of course (laughs) and uh, then you've got some great views of the top of the falcon as you're walking through the queue uh if you watch and see a porg's nest as you're going through (laughs) that's awesome they made it all the way back to the two um and uh, i don't want to spoil too much but uh there's a there's a guy named Hondo that wants you to do a mission for him. And uh, apparently uh, Chewbacca has loaned the Falcon to him so that we could take a ride and go uh, go get some some goods for him. 
but it was extremely fun. Um, you actually feel like that you are in, in, in a spaceship. It's completely wrapped around. So you don't have, if you look to the right and to the left, you don't have blank spaces. Uh, they did an excellent job with the way it was all presented and, and the ride features as well. So what position did you guys ride in on the ride? So the first time that we rode, we were in the engineer position, which is the back two seats. Mm-hmm. When you're in the Millennium Falcon, there are six seats, even though we all know the Millennium Falcon only has four. So <laughs> evidently, Hondo did some sort of like modification. So uh, we were in the back modified seats. Uh, the engineer's job is to do repair work on the ship because all of the poor pilots bumping <laughs> into stuff and yeah. to shoot harpoons in order to try to re- retrieve the coaxium that we're after. Hmm. And so we started off in the back seat. It, it was very bumpy, very shaky. Uh, we had kid pilots, and so that makes it worse because you have to be kind of <laughs> delicate with the with the things. If you fly real hard left and right, then it tilts right and left real heavily. Mm-hmm. So it banged into just about everything known to man. Uh, okay. The seats in front of those are the gunner, and I did the gunner once on single rider, and then the front seats are the two pilots, the left pilot flies the ship left and right and the right pilot flies it up and down and then each has a couple of other small tasks to do mm-hmm. and i mean you bobby could tell you which position do you think each of us did better at uh, i think we did better with you doing the left one and i did the right one which was the up and down but i enjoyed the the one where you steer left and right more than the up and down <laughs> it's because bobby's handicapped <laughs> I was wearing a sling. <laughs> He's a one-wing chicken right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, My left wing is healing. There you go. <laughs> I guess he's a one-wing porg. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> so cool. So so overall, how would you guys rate the Smuggler's Run? Did you guys really enjoy it? Um, was it a uh, but it's okay, or where do you guys stand on it? So the first time riding in the back, my first impression was this feels a little cartoony, and I'm spending a lot of time focusing on what button to push, so I didn't really get to experience how the ride works. Hmm. But then whenever we moved to the front position and actually flew the plane, or flew the ship, sorry, not plane, when I flew the ship, uh, Bobby and I did that together then to me it was much more realistic feeling because you actually have a sense of control while the video is going to be consistent on each experience it there is variation based on how you fly it so you can bump into things and miss your shots and stuff like that but it, it was a lot better as the pilot than it is from the back and later on we can give you some tips on how to fly sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely. Yeah, well, or you, Bobby, on character locator. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with Kenny on that. Uh, if you get the uh, engineer, uh, try to get you try to exchange that out for a pilot because engineer, I'd say the ride was maybe. Uh, I mean, it was great to be there. Uh, you know, just that overwhelming presence of being on the Falcon and you're in, in it. That was pretty good. But if you were looking at the, just the ride aspect, I would probably give it a four. And then uh, I didn't do the gunner, but then riding as a uh, as a pilot, you know, first time, I'd say probably eight or nine because that was that was pretty exciting. Wow, awesome! Okay, I'll say this also as the gunner, Danny. All, all you have to do is hold down the shooting button, and then when they tell you to shoot a missile, you press the big button. So as the gunner, you really only have two buttons to press, whereas the engineer had I don't know eight or nine. Yeah, different things that would you know beep and you had to push the buttons and you get a score based on what you push huh okay interesting it's a lot of the gunner i haven't seen so yeah the gunner's a little less like it doesn't take away from the ride as much to me the engineer is so heavily focused on fixing the ship that you don't get to notice what's going on as much okay yeah so so if you can help it be a pilot but secondary be a gunner you you might be able to help it based on the tips we'll give you, yeah. Okay, awesome. <laughs> so cool. So after Smuggler's Run, what did you guys do? What did we do? We just uh, hung oh, around, we got some milk. 
did some looking around, took some pictures, ate some popcorn. <laughs> you said you got some milk. Uh, did we get blue or green milk? Well, yeah, blue the first time. Okay. What do you yeah. guys think? And it's, a, it's like a frozen concoction. Mm-hmm. So think of it as like an odd icy. <laughs> an it odd has icy. Like a, yeah, I would say it has a really light coconut taste. Mm-hmm. But it, I don't know, it almost tastes watered down in a way. Um, it, I mean, it was okay. It wasn't fabulous, but it was okay. <laughs> I thought it was very good. Okay. And then the the green one we didn't get to experience until the toward the end of the second time that we went in. They didn't have it working properly the first day, and mm-hmm. the green one wasn't frozen, so it was a different experience than the blue one. And I thought it had sort of a watermelon taste. Hmm. I couldn't figure out what it tasted like. <laughs> it, it tasted like sea cow. That's what it tastes like. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're. I think you're spot on with that one, Danny. Probably you know, sea cow is probably right. <laughs> I think I was tasting very sireny sort of taste. Oh man, <laughs> that's awesome! Um, yeah, that one I did not want any more of. Uh, but the the blue milk, I could have had more of that. Yeah, it seems that the blue milk has been the most popular that I've seen around social media stuff like that. So that's that, I'm definitely looking forward to trying that when when I go. So yeah. So cool. So um, did you guys uh, end up in the cantina? I, I heard there was some contention with uh, people trying to get in. Yeah, so our first day we tried to go into the cantina. We were thinking that if we left ourselves 45 minutes or so in our four-hour block that we would be able to get in. So we went over to get in line for the cantina, and they told us the line was already closed for our four-hour block which kind of surprised us because we thought that's why you had a four hour block (laughs) on the first day. They even told us that we couldn't ride the Falcon on standby more than once. And they marked our, um, our badges, our, our wristbands so that we couldn't go through the regular standby more than one time. Mm -hmm. So we did a single rider, but uh, the other day we were able to ride over and over. So they kept changing things every day as to what you experienced. But we finally got into the cantina on the second day because, we made that our point to literally hustle our way all the way to get to the cantina first. So we would be among the first people in our group to enter. It took about 20 or 30 minutes to get in. We power walked, right? We power walked. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them about your experience in the cantina, Bobby. Oh, the cantina was pretty cool. I would say it's very small. Um, it would be better if they had like different uh, rooms that had them themed differently, but uh, it was just a one room area. Uh, Rex, which is the, the old uh, shuttle pilot or star tours pilot uh, is now been modified and now he's a DJ. And so <laughs> as these things uh, go, <laughs> yeah, he's knocking out the tunes and singing songs to the love of his life. You'll ch- you'll find out if you go there and uh, it is the droid he's looking for is what he says. That's awesome. And uh, he's pretty. It's pretty cool watching that and having a droid for a DJ. And, uh, and there's a lot of details in that place that are just amazing. That uh, they 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 looked for every little thing they could put in the in there for little Easter eggs. Um, and uh, the you know the the drinks we had, and they were bleh. but. <laughs> <laughs> We had a we had a, uh, a had to get an alcohol drink to get one cup, which was the Battle of Endor, and we had to get a non-alcohol, which was a porg. And so, of course, we tried. Well, I tried both. Kenny did not, and <laughs> they were they they were kind of okay, but um, the cups are really cool. There you go. <laughs> the cups are cool. Yeah, the porg drink tasted kind of like watered down. It didn't have a whole lot of flavor to it. You. And it had a ton of ice in the cup. So it was like a small amount of drink and a whole lot of ice. And I don't consume alcohol, so I didn't even bother sampling the other one. But I did take home both of the cups, of course. And they're ceramic, so they're really nice, heavy ceramic cups, not just those little plastic ones that they usually sell. Yeah, they looked like they were carved out of wood uh, from all the pictures I was seeing. And I saw um, Bobby's last night um, was actually... Like the, I mean, like you're saying, like they're, they're hefty. <laughs> they're solid. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and, so. and while you're there, make sure you look at the bar and pay attention to the handles 
that they're pulling the drinks out of. I won't tell you what's on the handles because I think you might want to experience that, but the handles are definitely unique as to which drink they're pulling. Oh, cool. That's awesome. So, so as Star Wars fans go, um, we're all a little nerdy. Did you guys reenact any kind of like cantina scenes or have anybody come up to you or anything like that? Bobby well, shot first. Well, there, there was one, one guy who was standing next to us because we were sitting down for the first, uh, you know, you get 45 minutes, you can sit down. We were sitting down the first part of our time in there. And then we got up and started walking around, looking at some things and taking pictures. And uh, so I was standing at the bar and the guy next to me says, do you want to buy some death sticks? <laughs> <laughs> and so I waved my hand. I said, I do not want to buy any death sticks. You go rethink your life. He said, I will go th- rethink my life. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Fantastic. <laughs> so yeah, I would encourage you to play along with people. Maybe they'll play back. Maybe they'll look at you dumb, but at least you'll have fun at it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I definitely want to do the, the, I don't like you. He doesn't like you either. <laughs> <laughs> We, we've got to try that. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still convinced that Bobby shot first. There you go. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. E- even if his head did do a weird thing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so cool. So um, did you get to go into the droid depot at all? We did. Yep. How was that? There's a, there a lot of droids. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> they've, they've got some cages in there that have got uh, droids in there. You'll even see a K2SO um, that's in the cage. Uh, there's uh, mouse droids in there. There's there's a lot of little things to look at, look at some details. And then building the droid, we didn't do that. I'm sure you can find a lot of reviews on, on what people have thought of that experience. But uh, we chose not to build a droid since I've got life-size droids here. Since you actually build droids? <laughs> yeah. Now, if you have 25 grand you want to fork out, they do have an R2-D2 there for sale. That's insane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but... It- it's insane because the, for the twenty five grand, you don't really get a full working R two D two though. You get a, like a head twist, a beep bop, and a roll around. That's about it. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> the flashing lights. The flashing yeah, lights. Flashing lights. <laughs> it doesn't have the you know it doesn't have all the working flaps and all the things that you expect from an R two. Mm-hmm. Oh man, you, you gotta have the flaps. That's what helps him come alive. All of the things that he can do. So it's more would, like a remote control car, kind of. Really yeah, cool. I would say if you were to build it yourself, it's probably five to eight thousand dollars to build it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but the bottom of the R two is fiberglass, and the top is metal. <laughs> that seems like it's going to work against itself really quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so cool. So, so as far as like what you saw in the Droid Depot, uh, is that is that a recommendation you would have? Uh, you would give people like, did you guys see how much the droids were or anything like that? Yeah, they're they're like ninety nine dollars to build oh. a droid. The droid that you build does work, you know, like it rolls around, mm-hmm. does what it's supposed to do, and you can customize it by colors and pieces, kind of, you know, put different parts on it and things like that. But you know, it's kind of a pricey experience. Uh, there was a considerable line that starts outside the building and then comes in and zigzags inside the building. And then they have the professional builders basically building it for you. Mm-hmm. You know, you're kind of cooperating with them, but they're the ones who are pretty much doing the build for you. So you're more so saying I want that and that and that stuff like that. So you, you go along this, uh, what do you call it? Uh, it's just like a conveyor belt. Okay. As parts after parts after parts, and then you just pull off what you want and you put it in your basket, and then you carry your basket over. And I mean, they somewhat let you assemble some of the things, and then some of the things I noticed that they were doing themselves. So they're there to help you in <clears throat> in your experience, but they also have to kind of make sure it moves along so that the next person gets to come and build also. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I mean, it's a neat place to see. You definitely want to see it. The way we saw it was we went through the right entrance because we didn't want to do the build line. Everybody else is doing the left entrance to do the build line. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. You can build, yeah, you can build an R2 unit um, or a uh, BB unit. Yeah. 
And and Bobby, you said you met one of the designers too that had a, a droid in there, and that he worked on the Falcon. Yeah, Kenny and I met uh, met up with a designer for several aspects of the land. Um, he designed the new Rex. He designed a lot of or some of the things within the Falcon. Um, he designed the the trash cans. Take a look at the trash cans. <laughs> there's there's a, a there's something on there. And you want to look that up on the internet if you don't know what that means. Um, it's a neat little Easter egg there. Um, his name's Sonny, and he did a he was he was a fabulous guy. We talked with him for I don't know probably forty five minutes or so, and uh, even uh-huh. even that night he was telling me at the, when we were at the cantina he was telling me what we needed to look at. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't miss some of his details. Oh, that's awesome. See, I'll meet the coolest people. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was. Um, so, so moving through the park, um, did you guys get a chance to go to Doc Ondar's? We did. We did. What did you think? So the Doc Ondar animatronic is amazing. They did a uh-huh. great job with that. It's spot on, has the movements and everything that looks like Doc. Uh, there are a lot of little fun Easter eggs that you'll find on the upper section. Mm-hmm. You can go in and you can build your lightsaber there versus going to Navi. You can, I mean, Savi, sorry. I'm, <laughs> I live in Orlando. So Savi, Navi, Savi. <laughs> yeah, that other, the other one that's 2 billion light years away. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, so you can go in and you can basically pick out a pre-built uh, lightsaber. You just pick out what you want to do with the, with, you know, just the small pieces that you can interchange on it, but it's already pre-built for you. Bobby actually purchased one of those to go along with a theme that he likes to use. You can go in and you can buy extra Kyber crystals. So Mm. if you do the Savi build, then you go into Doc Ondar's to purchase your, uh, your Kyber crystals. And I was told that, that some of the Kyber crystals are black. If you can find a black one, then those are like limited edition. Yes. Yeah, I'd and then there's a whole ton of like special artwork and things like that that you can buy. Oh, cool! What, what was what? Uh, what did you get from uh, Doc Ondar's, Bobby? I got a uh, Obi Wan lightsaber. Oh, cool! <laughs> and I did a lot of shopping, so I'm trying to think now. I believe I've got I got the uh, mug that has the Jedi symbol on. It's a really neat mug. Mm-hmm. I think that was it, Doc Ognars. And uh, I think that was it. But the, the lightsaber is pretty nice. It's got a nice box to it. Uh, I'm actually painting it right now. Oh. Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> it comes in a great, yeah, it comes in a gray plastic. And so I want to give it a little more of an authentic look to it. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, Kenny, did you get anything from Doc Ognars? I did not. I wasn't really, I'm not really a collector as much. Like Bobby's more of a collector than I am. Uh, I'm more of a t-shirt and hat, maybe a pin kind of person. So mm-hmm. while I was there, I picked up the four piece low edition pin set that they offered. I got a really nice hat and I bought the opening day t-shirt, which I wore the opening day t-shirt and hat to Hollywood studios the other day. And we were meeting some characters Debbie and I were and the, a lot of the cast members like, Oh, tell me about it. Tell me. So I had a lot of conversations about going to the grand opening in California versus Hollywood studios. Oh, cool. That's awesome. <laughs> you made them all jealous, did you? I, I collect the special mugs, but that's about really the only thing I collect. Yeah. I guess in a way, I mean, it was just fun to talk to people who had a similar interest, you know, like I was standing at the model and one of the ladies was like, what is that? What is that? And And so I told her what, different things were she was all excited about wanting to see it when it opened so how close is the real park to the model actually it's pretty much spot on wow okay i mean they only show you a portion of the model (laughs) (laughs) that's okay i do that too (laughs) (laughs) so so no major changes from what the, the the original design or anything like that uh, for real, I don't. Not that I noticed because the section that they show you is Ronto Roasters, um, the in the marketplace, pretty much. 
Mm-hmm. That's the largest piece, uh, piece of what they show you. And it was pretty much spot on to what you see for in live experience. That's really cool. So did you guys have a free favorite thing in Doc Ondars that you saw Easter egg or little something, anything? Uh, I saw Jar Jar, Jar, Jar Binks. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a Jar Jar Binks head. Yeah, he's kind of laying on his side. Poor guy. Oh, man. <laughs> <clears throat> I thought you were going to say that it was mounted on the wall, and I was going to be like, that's that's rude. <laughs> no. How rude. <laughs> just kind of laying around being rude. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Bobby? What was your favorite thing? Uh, there was a lot to take in. Uh, a lot of things up there. I mean, you have uh, some Mandalorian stuff. You have some blasters that are, I think, is probably from Leia, and from Han, and some others up there. You have, uh, oh, geez, there's so much. Oh, and there's that wall that uh, Danny pointed out to me yesterday that uh, is also in episode uh, three Palpatine's. Mural? Oh, yes. Yeah, uh, the mural. Yeah, I remember seeing that, but I didn't know the significance or else I looked at it more. But uh, that was, I do remember seeing it. I just didn't pay that much attention to it, but that was pretty neat. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in the story of how in the world it got there since everything in Batu is canon. So, so something's happened to where somehow they raided Palpatine's office. <laughs> um. But yeah, but that's the one of the Sith artifacts from Revenge of the Sith uh, that somehow the Jedi just weren't like, hey, how did you get that? <laughs> <laughs> Convenient plot points. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I, I thought that was really cool that, that was in there. Um, I feel I feel like when I finally get to Doc Ondar's, it's literally just going to be me going, oh my God, look at that, look at that, look at that, look at that. Just freaking out because <laughs> all the pictures I've seen, it's you will. insane. <laughs> yeah. I'm already going over all the pictures with a magnifying glass. So. <laughs> Before you even enter Doc Ondar's, you'll see a giant foot, and the giant foot looks like it was the foot that came from a statue inside the great movie ride in Hollywood Studios. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I just see him walking by me like, hey, we still got that foot? Yeah, I put it out front. <laughs> 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 maybe we'll get like the, maybe that one's the left foot. We get the right foot here or something like that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole game. You have to find both feet. Assemble <laughs> <laughs> the feet. <laughs> uh, so cool. So so you guys didn't uh, didn't do Savi's workshop or anything like that, right? No, no, no. We didn't do Savi's. It's two hundred dollar experience mm-hmm. to build a lightsaber. I don't own a lightsaber, so I didn't really do it myself. Okay. <laughs> um, well, so did you guys meet any of the people that were working for Savi or anything like that? I've heard there's kind of a role-playing experience to that even before you get in. We saw some people roaming around that you could interact with, but we weren't really sure who was what. and like They would ask you questions, but even the photographers would do that or the just normal people working the land would interact with you and ask you questions. You know, like what is this star Wars you're wearing? What? I've never heard of the star Wars. No. So. Cool. Oh, awesome. So, well, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't think about asking that, but so I know a big portion of the excitement for galaxy's edge when it was first announced, all this other kind of stuff was it, it was to be this immersive experience um, that basically you go in as your own Star Wars character, you interact. Uh, I know there was supposed to be like a reputation system at one point that was rumored, things like that. Um, how much of that actually made it into the land? And how was that interacting with the cast members? So from what I gather, the Play Disney Parks app is where you build your reputation of sorts. And okay. Like when we did the ride and I had the app turned on and it gave me a score that added to my current score and you can do little things like decode things and turn things on and off and you earn points doing that. But none of the characters that were just walking around made any mention about your reputation at all. Okay. Okay. Um, 
And so as far as the cast members, like, did they stay in character the whole time? Is there, like, how, how did, did they interact any different than a normal cast member would to you? Well, there was, uh, yeah, there was one cast member that uh, was talking with, with another uh, person that was there. Mm-hmm. And they were asking, where can I, where can I get the lightsabers? Mm-hmm. And uh, the lady said, we don't know what you're talking about here. Uh, there's the first order is here and we don't have any lightsabers. And, uh, actually she said it was a light sword uh-huh. and, um, she said, but there is a, uh, there's a scrap metal shop around the corner. Uh-huh. If you go see Savi, he might be able to help you out. Oh, cool. And so that's kind of the way that they played that. Yeah. And they said like, there's an outpost of rebels uh, on the outer edges of the air of the land. So maybe you can go check the outer outer edges and see if there's anything that you're interested in out there. And they were talking about the area around the rise of the resistance in the forest. Oh, cool. Yeah. We were looking for Chewbacca. <laughs> we found him. You found Chewbacca. I saw that there was a <laughs> new version of Ray walking around too. Yeah. So Ray has two different costumes there evidently. So she had her newer costume that appears a little more black and gray, not the original tan. Okay. And then, oh, the, yeah. then the day after we left, they brought out the one that looked like her the very first time you ever see her, hmm. where she had the goggles and everything. Oh, cool. <laughs> That's awesome. But, but there were also some guests that were dressed up like Ray, even though Disney said you weren't supposed to dress up like Ray. <laughs> so it brought a little bit of confusion as to who Ray was. But I was like, when I saw the real Ray, I could tell. I was like, hey, Ray. I was just about to ask you how many times you asked to take pictures and realized they were the wrong Ray, but no. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. I'm the character locator. I think I'd know the difference between the real one and the fake one. <laughs> <laughs> you had to wade through the counterfeits. No. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so cool so so did you guys um enjoy any of the food or anything like that i know you guys talked about uh a couple of the drinks from the cantina but uh what did you guys eat there well we had the uh ronto roaster which was pretty much like a spicy polish hot dog with Mm. some other things mixed in with it i thought it was okay just a little edge on the spicy side and i don't believe kenny liked it as much (laughs) <laughs> I don't eat hot dogs. That's probably why. It's like a pork sausage dog. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. We didn't eat anything else there, did we? That was all we ate. Uh, the popcorn, the pork yeah. sausage dog. We looked at the menus. We didn't really find anything terribly appealing. Uh, food has a real weird frou-frou kind of appeal to it. And, you know, that's not who I am. I eat southern american food so flying to <laughs> my two for food was like flying to asia for me so <laughs> yeah it's kind of what the menu looked like going to another country so i guess they kind of got that but i like to see something that looks familiar and and want to eat it some people might like it might love it mm-hmm. but we chose not to try it okay interesting how was the popcorn it was good. It was kind Weird. of a flavored popcorn. Yeah, it was a flavored popcorn. And even one of them has a little bit of a spice to it. But if you eat them all together, you don't really catch the spice. If you eat that one in by itself, you catch it a little bit. <laughs> it, it was good, just a little different. Yeah. Most of the time, it feels like you're eating Fruit Loops, like Fruit Loop <laughs> popcorn. And then there's this weird little, like, huh? What's that? That's. Spice thing that Bobby was talking about, just like where'd that come from? Like I was eating Fruit Loops a minute ago, then all of a sudden it's like this almost Mexican feeling. Like mm-hmm. uh, it was, it was also strange. <laughs> so so I mean, the food's not I'm, a favorite of yours. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I'm not an exotic food person, so I'm hard to judge. You know, like I, I tell my follower people, I'm like, if you want to know what Southern American food is good, then I'll tell you, but. You know, anything beyond, you know, things that are fried and baked, I, I, I don't know, it's not me. So I, <laughs> I wasn't really into the food myself. I found myself eating before we came in or after we left. Okay. I got So you. there it is. Fruit Loop popcorn. Fruit Loop popcorn. <laughs> <clears throat> 
can't can't wait to try it. <laughs> um, so so one thing I did want to ask you guys about because I know it was something that uh, Disney kind of really was was really excited about as far as just total immersion in the land. So at any point, did you feel like you were at a Disney park? No. Matter of fact, it wasn't until the end of the second night that we ever heard a cast member ever say anything about Disney. Really? When the guy was trying to get everyone to leave uh-huh. Star Wars, uh, to leave the Galaxy's Edge, uh-huh. then he finally was like, Disneyland is closed. I'm like, what? We're in Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> we stayed a little later than we were supposed to, but that was okay. It was nice. I mean, I would have hidden in the Falcon, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to hide in a six-seater. That's true. <laughs> that's true. There, there's there's secret compartments. You you gotta know. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. This is true. Um, that's really cool. So so it really did feel like just going to another world for the time that you guys were there. I described it as an exotic version of Morocco. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. It's a very Moroccan feel to it, but then you also have the alien aspect of it with the language, you know, unusual language and the people that you interact with, things like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. It would have been neat to actually see some people dressed up in alien type masks walking around or in the cantina or I things like that. That would have been nice, but uh, they did they did a great a great job with uh, the whole land, and uh, I know it's going to be great to see it in Orlando too. Yeah, that would be really cool. Uh, so as far as souvenirs go, so I, I know, uh, Kenny, you said you're not a big collector, but was there anything there that you didn't get, but you wish you would have gotten? Mm. Well, I mean, see, I, I, for me, I had the advantage of it happening twice. So I, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't going to be that attached to anything that I saw anyway. Uh-huh. So I'm trying to give it some thought as to, I can't really think of anything that I felt like I missed because there wasn't any, like there wasn't anything that really stood out to me as like, Oh, I need to have that. Or that would be cool to own except for the, I mean, the mugs from the cantina were to me were things I'm like, I really want to get that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they had a third one, Danny, that we didn't get. It was a beer flight thing. It looked like some kind of weird teeth on a piece of wood. Oh, the ring or teeth. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it didn't have any desire for myself to own that i'm like i don't what am i gonna do with that like yeah. i'm not gonna drink out of it i'm not gonna I, I guess i could serve like appetizers whenever you guys come over to play cards or something i don't know <laughs> Conversation popcorn in there. put that in your luggage and that's half your weight going back to right. your airplane <laughs> yeah right it was heavy. As a matter it fact, was heavy. when when i got to delta i had my carry on and I had my backpack with my laptop and then I had a bag with some Disney stuff and they were letting people one after another go through with absolutely no hassle to carrying multiple bags. Like they see me carrying that with a Disney bag. You have to consolidate. So I had <laughs> to take all this stuff and put it all into this carry on suitcase and jam all my clothes in there. So yeah, if I had carried the Rancor teeth home, then I probably would have been sticking them in my mouth. So. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah, but I do fun. think I want to try to pop some popcorn one day and put some Fruit Loops over it and see what it tastes like. <laughs> I mean, now we're there. So. <laughs> Maybe some melt, melted Fruit Loops. Maybe that would be it. There you go, caramelized Fruit Loops. <laughs> yeah, but of course the collector thing. Not, I mean, I didn't really feel like I left going. Ah, oh, man, I missed out on anything. And, and like I said, I do have the opportunity to see it again. I mean, to me, I wanted the opening day shirt. I wanted a hat. Mm-hmm. Wanted, you know, got got the pen, got the mugs I wanted. That uh, most of the other stuff that was there, I'm like, it'll be there forever. So I, I didn't miss anything. What about you, Bob? Uh, I bought a ton of stuff, so I didn't miss out. I think I got. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got what I was looking for. Maybe I might have gotten me a Rex if I'd have thought about it and had space in my luggage. But uh, he's a little. Um, a Bluetooth speaker that's supposed to bounce around and spin. So. Oh, cool. <laughs> and I might have got me one of those just so I could have it for reference if I decide to build one. Uh-huh. But um, that'd be about it. I got everything else. I got the uh, limited edition pins, one of 500, one of 1,000, one of 2,000. And they're all pretty cool. I got the hat. I got uh, I got stuff that I wanted to get. 
It's awesome. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the Savvy's workshop. I know, I know it's two hundred dollars, but that's the thing that I'm I'm really hoping for because that was actually something uh, a while back when they had gone through and announced Galaxy's Edge that I was hoping they'd do because actually the workshop's loosely based off of an arc in Clone Wars, uh, where it's about the Jedi Padawans building their lightsabers, getting their Kyber crystals, all that kind of stuff. And so it's a whole real cool arc and everything. So that's something I'm really excited for. So <laughs> like I told you yesterday, I think you'll need to have, there's four main places you want to go to in the land. So that's probably four days each day, get to the park about 2 a.m. to line up and go straight to that. I'm and down. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. I, do that each of the four days and you get to do your thing <laughs> because that park is going to be packed. Oh, absolutely. Well, and you yeah, know I don't get up early, so I'm, I'm, I'm down. I'm there. <laughs> I would say the grand opening is going to be mass chaos. The second day is going to be extremely busy. It'll ebb a little bit on the third day, but on the fourth day, they move to extra magic hours here. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me, more in, in the morning, so only hotel guests can go. Mm-hmm. And then most of those hotel guests rely on Disney transportation, so they're not going to show up until at least five in the morning. So beginning on day four, you could get here 60 to 90 minutes before the crowd and end up beating most of the people to anything you want to do. But the first three days is a free for all for anyone that wants. Yeah, that sounds like chaos. <laughs> yeah. um, thinking about it too, I, I didn't ask you guys. So how did the, do you feel like the reservation system worked with, uh, with what they did in Disneyland or that's something that they're probably just going to scrap all together? I think it was a success with how they did things with only exception to that was the initial registration within the first like half hour to hour, it was messed up. So you couldn't add your guests. So that was a bit of a pain, but the people on site were able to fix that for us with no problem. They didn't argue or question us. They were just like, okay, no problem. And they fixed it. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as you felt like you had a lot more empty space walking around after the initial mad rush to the first attraction, Uh, there was a lot of empty space, a lot of chance to take photos. So in that sense, it was a big success, the way that they did things in Disneyland. Uh, I mean, there there were some people there that were discussing, you know, Disney people that were discussing whether or not Hollywood Studios would try to implement something, but... At, I mean, their last release on their blog was that it's going to be open to the public at six o'clock in the morning as a free for all. So mm. just going to have to get up really early and hustle. Nice. That'll, that'll be fun. <laughs> so cool. So, so kind of wrapping it up. So being the experts, what are your recommendations for first time visitors to Batu? Uh Bobby, I'll let you start. Kenny probably better at this, but uh, like I said, you want to choose the attraction you want to do first, and that's where you want to go to. And then your secondary attraction, you go from that to the next one, and that's probably going to be a pretty long wait, depending on what it is. Even going into um, uh, Doc Odner's, that had a, a wait to it as well, because everything, you can only have so many people in, in these small rooms. I really wish they would have made it bigger, but we have what we have and it's going to be exact same size in Orlando. Mm -hmm. So you just get there early, go straight to your main attraction and then go to the, from there, expect long waits. What about you, Kenny? Uh, Yeah. I mean, reality of how things are going to work for a while is just because there's no fast passes. The early bird gets the worm. If you're not willing to put in the early time to go, you may not even enter the land or you may have to wait a multitude of hours just to get into Star Wars land. And studios is going to be a little different because they're going to line people up on what they call Grand Avenue near the Muppets Mm -hmm. and then down by Star Tours around. And I was here for the grand opening of Pandora and the grand opening of Slinky Dog. Pandora was probably a six to eight hour wait just to enter the land if you didn't have a fast pass. And then Slinky Dog was probably another four to six hour wait to enter the land. Then you have to wait for whatever ride you're going to. So you take that and put the Star Wars spin on it. You're looking at probably six or eight 
hours just to go in and then i'm gonna say the wait for the ride is probably gonna be another four at least i mean with no fast pass the line does keep moving and there is a single rider option but you know it's kind of chaotic but if you're willing to use a single rider line you're going to get a shorter wait but you're always going to end up being an engineer and the other tip that i was going to give is don't volunteer whenever the person's like do we have a party of two do we have a party of three because <laughs> when you volunteer at those parties you're in the back oh. you're always because they don't hand out the assignments randomly hand them to whoever came first mm, okay so don't raise your hand just you know be deaf and then you know and then i mean because the reality is over here they probably will not accommodate you by asking them can i can i fly it you know can i be a pilot it's just next 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 because they're going to just be processing people so fast yeah interesting okay <laughs> so so all in all don't volunteer no <laughs> so cool Awesome. So did you guys have any final thoughts, anything else you wanted to add uh, about Galaxy's Edge or anything like that uh, before we close out? It was amazing. Sweet. Awesome. So real quick, uh, Kenny, can you tell everyone where to find you and Character Locator once again? Did we lose Kenny? Kenny. Okay. Well, you can find Kenny on uh, KennyThePirate.com. Also, uh, CharacterLocator.com is uh, where you'll find all the tips and hints and wait times and everything you need to know about uh, Disneyland, Disney World, uh, Universal Studios. Uh, it's not just characters. We have rides, calendars. We have everything you need to make your trust your trip successful. Awesome. Cool. And thank you guys for joining me today. I really appreciate you hanging out. Um, I know we lost uh, Kenny, but <laughs> Bobby, you're still here with me. So, <laughs> so yeah. So thank you all for coming on the show. I really appreciate y'all. Hey, you're welcome. Uh, and so, guys, uh, thank you for listening or watching another episode of Kessel Run Weekly. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, leave us a five-star review, and we'll read it on a future episode. You can also find us on social media at Castle Run Weekly on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as our website, CastleRunWeekly.com. And until next time, my name is Danny. I'm Bobby. And that other guy was Kenny. And may the force <laughs> be with you. Always. Always.